Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Enterprise Sales Development Podcast, brought to you by Science Technologies. We interview outbound leaders at fast growth businesses to learn their secrets and bring you actionable insights. Thanks for joining us this week. Hey, everybody. This is Enterprise Sales Development. I'm Eric Quanstrom, CMO of Science. And I'm Harry Evans, Director of Craft and Strategy at Science. Interesting episode today. We met with Ron Nelson, who, after his athletic career at UCLA, started as an SDR, worked his way up to a pretty prominent post leading a team of 27 SDRs at Information Builders. Quite a trajectory and, and progression path. Yeah, Ron was a great conversation. He had some really good insights from a unique perspective, having done so many different roles. He talked about building different types of teams that actually can work with each other to level each other up and just a very unique management perspective. I really liked how he emphasized individualism, letting people really be themselves. And one thing that that I'm already finding myself inspired by is... You know, Ron has now decided that he wants to move into sales leadership from sales development leadership. And he's setting an example for all of us, rolling up his sleeves and actually doing it himself, going back down to an AE, making sure he can really master the role and, and know exactly what he'll be soon leading himself. Super inspirational to me. And so were a lot of the points that he made. So I'm very excited to get to the interview. Welcome, everyone. We're here with Ron Nelson today. Very excited to have you, Ron. Thanks for joining us so much. As you've heard, Ron has a very interesting background. He started off as an SDR, moved up through sales development, management, and leadership on the enterprise side. And he's taken that in even a new direction, which we're really excited to talk about. So thank you for your time, Ron. Really excited to meet you and welcome. Eric, Harry, super excited to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. Really grateful for this time. Appreciate it. We'll jump right in. You know, our, our listeners have lots of questions. And one of the first topics, we, we figured we'd start with the beginning of your career. You started off as an SDR, at least the part of your career that's that's relevant for this conversation. Started off as an SDR and man, at Information Builders, you moved up very quickly and not only quickly, but multiple times. You moved into multiple roles of management. Seems like you managed a pretty large team. So starting with the beginning, can you tell us about how you got into being an SDR and, and what that was like at the ground floor? Sales development is such a tremendous opportunity to really, you know, cut your teeth into sales and enterprise sales. You're going to have a lot of interaction with account executives, with other stakeholders. You know, these are large, complex deals that we were working with. It was an awesome opportunity to really, you know, learn so much. And, you know, as you move on to other roles, having that foundation around like prospecting, being able to get quality meetings, like that's something that you'll you'll always, you know, that's a skill set that you'll continue to use throughout your career. So tremendous blessing, you know, to have had that opportunity at Information Builders. It was a great foundation, you know, for my career. So, um, you know, very, very grateful for that opportunity. That's awesome. And then you very quickly became a manager. Uh, well, there are a number of roles, but you started by moving up to manager. What was that transition like for you? You know, how were you able to take the skills that you developed in the first year or two as an SDR and then start, you know, management's a very different space. How, how do you make that transition naturally? Well, you know, being on the team, I, I was someone that liked to, you know, learn and, and develop new skill sets in addition to the, the training and the coaching that I was provided through information builders. I wanted to share that information with the team. And, and that's really kind of where it started out. So I, I became sort of like a player coach, someone that, you know, was having some success in the role, wanted to help, you know, the, the, my teammates. 
and, and sharing that information and then discussing it. And, and that's really kind of where uh, my passion for leadership grew. When you think about kind of like augmenting a player coach relationship, and these are, you know, in the times before conversational intelligence really took hold. And, you know, I'd say 2015 through maybe 2017, you know, you're still back in the the old days of call coaching or sitting in on on calls with, you know, your SDRs. Tell me a little bit about some of the skills that you learned there and how you transfer knowledge within an organization as a player coach. Yeah. So when we started, I mean, we were just sitting in a group, you know, listening to one another's calls and just learning from one another. And, and that's kind of how it started. We didn't have the benefit of the call recordings, gongs, the outreach, the sales loft, et cetera, of the world. And, and, and really it was just understanding like, you know, preparation. So, you know, aligning the message to the person that we were speaking with, you know, being prepared, um, you know, all the details in terms of tone, uh, the way that you, you know, sort of mirror the person that you're speaking with, you know, uh, are they a fast talker, a slow talker, you know, getting right to the point if you're talking to an executive and then just replicating those best practices and really sharing that information. So in, in sharing that knowledge, you know, we're all learning and growing and developing quicker um, we're learning from one another's mistakes and we're learning from one another's successes. Was your goal to move up to sales development management or did you get an SDR job, kill it and just find yourself in a management position? So, you know, like most SDRs, you know, I thought that the account executive path was, you know, sort of the, the road to, to take. Right. And, and I really didn't foresee, you know, going into management mm -hmm. at that time our manager left and that left a, you know, a void for, for someone to fill. And so I wanted to step up and, and I put my, my hat in the ring. And I had the support of my team at the time because I was working with them, you know, in all honesty, more than the manager at the time and really trying to, trying to coach them through best practices, share best practices. We would practice calls on one another. We talked about emails, you know, and bouncing messaging off one another. So it was kind of a natural fit. And, and that's really kind of how I, I got started in it. And then, you know, I started to see the impact that I was able to have on other, you know, people's careers and, and them moving into AE roles. And, and there was a benefit there, you know, that I, I really, you know, loved. And, and that's, you know, uh, that was something that really drew me into the role. And, and that's why, uh, you know, I ended up, you know, going in, into that management path. So tell me, you know, one of the things and the accidental manager is a, a oft repeated phrase in, in sales land, but as you scaled the team and grew it to, you know, it looks like what, 20, 25 plus SDRs at one point that you were right. with five other managers that were rolling up directly to you. What were some of the things that you baked into? Who do I hire? Okay. Now that I've been here kind of like accidentally, but the door behind me maybe closes and moves in a different direction. Give, walk me through some of the processes and, and what you learned in, in wanting to build out your own team. So, you know, I found, I found some, you know, consistent um, attributes that I found, you know, fit well in, into the role. And so I tried to develop questions through the interview process and, and look at, you know, folks' uh, resumes. And sometimes there wasn't a resume, maybe they're right out of college. 
but just kind of understand certain things through questionings to see if they fit with, within these attributes that I was looking for. So for example, you know, a hunger to learn, you know, that's so important in this role, especially if you're hiring someone directly out of college, they have to learn how to become a professional, you know, how to be in, in a corporate, you know, structure, they have to learn the product, they have to learn, you know, sales, you know, tactics and, and methodology. Uh, there's, and all of those things evolve. So it's constant and it's ongoing. You absolutely have to learn to love in the role. So I would ask them questions related to like their areas of study, things that they were passionate about. How do they go about learning things? And, and then, I, you know, competitiveness is really important. So, you know, whether they played sports or whether it was academics or on the debate team, we would talk questions around that. So I can kind of figure out, is this somebody who would survive in a competitive environment, thrive in a competitive environment? You know, is this somebody who really strives to be their best self on a daily basis? So I'm asking questions about previous experiences, whether they were sales or job related or not, just to kind of really get an understanding of them. You know, are they a positive person? You know, are they someone that's going to be able to take um you know, uh, uh, rejection, because in this role, it's something that you're going to have to deal with on a daily basis. You know, can you fight through that? And so that was like the core and finding those things within an individual and then providing them with a framework and coaching and training. You know, I found a lot of success in, in hiring people. You know, you mentioned coaching and training. And once you find people that have that skill set, or at least that you think have a high chance of having that skill set. How do you develop it? What do, what do you do from a coaching and training perspective, from monitoring statistics? Uh, basically, how do you advance that skill set all the way to where you need it to be? So from, from day one, I mean, it's like you have to, to create a culture of learning, an environment of learning. So everybody is just on that same page where every day it's like in addition to doing the blocking and the tackling of the job, like we're spending time learning. So, you know, it starts with me setting up, you know, so as far as managers go, one-on-ones have to be important. And it's not something that you just kind of run through the motions. There, there has to be an agenda. There, there's a, a path that everyone follows. It's taken seriously. And one of the main things that I see that's problematic is, is managers rescheduling one-on-ones. And then that's the message you send to the SDR that this is not important. It's not a priority. You have to make that a priority. You know, I have to get involved. So every week we would do a national call. We would walk through not just the, the, the data, but we also create a portion of the time where we actually trained on a topic. And, and you know, in regards to the data, a ton of data, right? Outreach, sales loft, Salesforce, et cetera. So taking that data and really analyzing, you know, not just from a team perspective, but an individual perspective, you know, what are the strengths and weaknesses? How are we going to correct, you know, the things that, you know, are areas of opportunity, putting an actual plan in place, having a conversation around that, having metrics that we're going to follow moving forward, and then meeting on a regular basis to check and see what the progress is. So that that's sort of the, the method and the plan that I followed. You know, there's two takeaways that I've already learned from this conversation. And 
The latter is something you just mentioned, which is showing that the SDR team is a priority, really yeah. building that culture around them. And I actually want to put a pin in that for a moment and come back to it in a little bit, because that actually ties into what you're doing right now. And I think that's worth a, a broader discussion in a moment. But one other takeaway that I don't want our listeners to lose, especially for those entering sales development, uh, enterprise sales development that are new to that or wondering how do they move up? You know, There's the old expression, uh, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Uh, these days, the job you want often dresses in t-shirts and a flip-flop, so um, it, it's a little bit different. Now, I think the expression that we try to teach our people are, act like the job that you want, not the job right. that you have. And, and it sounds like that's what you did. You went in and you were supporting your team members. You were leveling them up. You were getting kind of rolling up your sleeves and getting your hands dirty. And sure enough, very quickly, you found your way into management, whether that was the plan or not. Uh, so I want to make sure our listeners are hearing that and taking that away from the conversation that even if you are an SDR and you feel like you're at the bottom of a totem pole, there are tons of opportunities to be found where you can get a little more involved, where you can start showing that you are that manager. And the beautiful thing about our space is there's always room for like there's always room for another manager. There's always room for another promotion to many different types of roles. Uh, and on that note, I wanted to ask you because after being moved up to manager, you, you moved up to two more levels. It looks like an information builder. And then I wanted to ask a little bit about how you both there and then afterwards, you've, you've started to transition a bit into sales or back into sales rather. And I find that fascinating because we've all seen sales leaders, salespeople even that can't make a cold call. And that's, uh, it's a running joke at most organizations like ours, but it exists across the board. I bet you can. And I'm wondering, how have you taken that skill set, everything you learned from being an SDR, then an enterprise sales development leader, how have you taken that and then started reincorporating that back into what you plan to do? I know you've you mentioned to us offline that you have big ideas and, and big waves you plan to make in the actual sales side now doing the same thing. I mean, I've, I've, I'm consistently and have always leveraged you know, what I learned during sales, you know, as a sales development rep, and I continue to build on that. And so even when I was managing, I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, still picking up the phone on occasion, you know, because I still need to understand that, you know, I was very involved in the content, you know, all things that I did, you know, as a sales development rep. And then now, you know, and particularly in the role that I'm in right now, comparably, you know, we're expected to generate, you know, some of our pipeline, you know, self-prospected. So that I'm, I'm leveraging that skill set on literally a daily basis. So, you know, making the cold calls, you know, adding personalization to emails as we go through the sequence, you know, leveraging video, you know, multi-channel approach, you know, all the things that I did as an SDR, I'm continuing to do now. And the fact that I did it well and really took the time to really master those skills, it's really been a leg up for me in building really quality pipeline. Um, you know, again, like I've always leaned back on that skill set that I learned as an SDR. It, it's, it's been tremendously, you know, helpful for me in my career. The other thing I hear coming out in your voice is the hunger which is, you know, I think that the SDR world is rich in people learning how to be hungry and how to create something from nothing, a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the things that I, I was drawn to the role. It's, it's competitive and you know, like maintaining that mindset every step of the way, you know, so even when you're managing, it's like you're competing against, you know, kind of yourself to be your, your best self on, a, on an everyday basis. 
you know, being in the account executive role is the same thing, except obviously you have other people on, on the team you're measured against. It, it's just always maintaining that framework of like trying to be your best self every day, trying to, you know, build on the skill set that you've already developed. Um, you know, all the cliches, you know, getting better every day, just, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, just it continues to play into it. I bet SDRs love working with you too, as far as, you know, there's always that potential for SDRs and AEs either to work together fantastically or to headbutt. And I'm, I'm guessing it's more the former with you, with all your experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, keep the energy level high, keep the enthusiasm high. We're the first line of defense. You know, we're picking up the phone. We're talking to, you know, potential customers, prospects. If we're not excited about what we're going to, you know, what we're doing, how can we expect them to be excited about it? We want that energy to transfer over to them as well. And it creates a great atmosphere on the team as well when everybody's high energy, everybody's enthusiastic and, and we're competing. But at the same time, it's like we understand like somebody doesn't have to lose in order for us to win. Like we can all win in this. It's just a matter of like, all right, how much over quota are we going to get? That was the goal. That was the mindset. And we had a lot of fun in that process. So that way we weren't holding back from sharing information, from wanting people to get, you know, better on the team, you know, celebrating each other's wins. Like that created a great environment, a great buzz. Boy, that's so important, that ability to kind of like gamify or celebrate mutual success, isn't it? Like on the on any SDR team. The, the, the high fives, whether they're virtual or not. I mean, like this is like, this is really fun what we do. I enjoy what we do. And I want to hire people that have that same mindset. And, and we just have a blast, you know, throughout the course of a day. And in the management role, you have a lot of power to do that. You can make it a really fun, you know, upbeat environment, a positive environment, or it could be a really crappy <laughs> experience, you know, and that's one of the cool things about managing. And that's something that I do miss and having an impact on an actual individual success and seeing the SDRs that have worked under me now becoming very successful account executives, you know, managers, you know, gotten married, have kids now, all that kind of stuff. Like you look back on that and, and that's really meaningful, you know, to me. And, and I'm looking forward to get backing in, into management down the road, but just as a sales manager. That makes perfect sense. You know, one of the things that you said earlier that, that I was interested to unpack a little bit more was you indicated that you were responsible for content, which is an area within kind of like, you know, enterprise sales development that is often overlooked or often kind of brushed to the side and always seems to be under-optimized, to be perfectly honest, with a lot of the folks that we talk to. And I'm curious how you kind of took the reins on the content side with your company, I'm guessing married it up with your ICP, but tell me a little bit about some of your strategies there. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's really in, in partnership with other stakeholders and, and you nailed it, right? So marketing is going to develop out that ICP. You know, we're going to identify, you know, our go-to-market strategy and then I'm going to align to that. But, you know, messaging is fluid. And so it's really important to take the tools at our fingertips, you know, whether it be an outreach or a sales loft or, or whatever, and, and just kind of like we're the front line of defense. So we can tell very quickly, you know, what people are responding to and we can make tweaks, you know, kind of in the moment. 
and then to share that information with the larger organization. And, and then you have a real partnership, right? So we're kind of feeding off each other. But like, it's really foolish if you're not leveraging your sales dev team to really understand what messaging is working and to tweak it and A-B testing constantly as a part of that process. And so it's a matter of like constantly refining and communicating within the organization what's working, what's not working. How did you take that up the, up the chain? Because I'm really curious about like diving into the weeds on exactly that. Like, hey, here's what we're learning. Hey, here's what's winning in an A-B split. Yeah. Here, here's what we should be, frankly, saying in other collateral or other parts of our business. In, in partnership really with marketing and, and other key stakeholders. And so having time on their calendars on a weekly basis and communicating around these things and creating campaigns together as a partnership and then talking about what are the results that we're seeing, you know, giving them, you know, my suggestions, you know, line of sight and things that I'm doing tactically around messaging and communicating that. And then they, you know, big picture wise, make adjustments, you know, whether it be to the website or, you know, other, uh, uh, other campaigns, other events, things that they're doing. Right. And that was really best practice for us. Like the worst thing that you could do was work in a silo. You got to really partner with key stake stakeholders. You got to have honest communication. You got to remove ego from it. You got to look at the data. And then you have to understand, like, we all really have the same goal, right? So we're on the same team. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as well. One of the things I noticed just in a conversation with you is you have a lot of control over tone. And that, I'm sure, comes from years and years on the phones. When you write messaging for a lot of people, one of the things that can be lost kind of in the transition is the tone that you intend. It's one thing to write a really good message. It's another thing to deliver it properly. How do you scale that when you have these teams, you're, you're communicating with, with, you know, all the different cross-departmental communications you're talking about, and then you have to manage that across, you know, 50 SDRs or eventually maybe multiple AEs dealing with SDRs. How do you communicate and train tone? In, in, externally or the way we communicate internally? Well, what I mean is how do you teach the people under you to have that same level of tonal control and to use tone to their advantage the way that you're able to when you have to build a team and scale that ability? You just, you know, you have to be very mindful of it. So like in terms of like phone skills, I always suggested, especially if you have like new SDRs, they've never done it like right out of college. The, the number one thing you got to do is, you know, I don't care if you record yourself on the phone or you, you record Zoom calls, you have to record and listen to yourself. You have to time it like is, is the length of the message too long? Um, you know, is your tone right? Are you you're using a lot of word like crutch words, um, you know, et cetera? Do you sound polished? You know, you have to understand that the people that you're calling, they take these calls on a daily basis from multiple organizations. So you're really not competing against the people on your team per se, but the other people are making calls. If you're sharp, if you're polished, you got great tone, you sound like a professional, then you're already gonna stand out from half of the people that are picking up the phone. You know, from a messaging and a content perspective, you know, I find that a very short message, you know, five uh, word subject line or less, 
you know, first line of the emails got to be very impactful and something a bit personalized to capture, capture someone's attention. Send that message out to yourself on your, on your phone. Typical executive reads emails on the phone. You know, what does that look like? You know, is that something that's engaging? You know, is that something that the person, you know, cares about? Those are some things that, you know, we talked, we would talk about. Very compact message, get right to the point and have a very call, uh, clear call to action at the end. Make it super easy on the prospect as far as the message that you're trying to convey and, and what the ask is, you know, and even words are, you know, really important. So like, there's a lot of data around there, like, you know, uh, hey, hi, you know, the, the person's, you know, first name when you're starting an email at the end, best, you know, thank you, talk soon. Like, what are people responding to? You know, what's most effective in trying to drive reply rates? What are some key words that are important to that individual? You know, being very detailed around that and then just replicating that. Boy, you really hit some of the golden rules there, especially, you know, 18 characters on a cell phone between subject line and first line is is your real estate, you know, Absolutely. as an SDR on those digital channels to maximize or penalize, <laughs> as the case may be, what you'll do with that real estate, whether you get a read through, whether you earn the right to have that further conversation. Right. You and know, even I'm, the reps have, you know, access to the data. So if your reply rate or your open rate isn't right, then you have to really kind of ask yourself, you know, why is that? And, and, and tweak it. What would you usually typically do as far as confidence intervals? How many, you know, folks would you believe you have to pass to get to a sufficient kind of like decision point, if you will? So like when edit, you know, do I, do I wait to say, hey, you know what, my reply rate isn't where it needs to be in week one of a brand new playbook, brand new campaign, or do it, you know, am I going to give it a few weeks to see what, what transpires here? Well, that's, that's a great question, you know, and so first of all, I, I definitely would suggest a, an AB sample. Uh, the faster we can get to a decision, the better, because we don't want to burn through a contact list. We, we don't want to burn through a company. So, you know, I, I'm really, I even might start out with like, if I'm really sampling messaging, then maybe I might want to start with some lower level contacts first, you know, before I get to a C level. Or maybe I want to start with a, a smaller company first before I kind of get to, you know, my A-list, you know, companies. Um, but I, I would say, you know, I don't think there's really like, it, it's kind of up to the individual, you know, whoever's leading that team, how they feel about it. Um, I, I would say, you know, let it play through the, the first round, you know, because you're adding um, contacts on a, on a daily basis. So, you know, uh, let let it run through the first round, you know, look at the data and then make adjustments, you know, at that point. I think that's great advice just in terms of get enough data, but you don't need all the data. You want to get to a decision quickly and, and find something that works. Talked earlier about putting a pin in a topic, and I want to make sure we get back to it because I think it, it ties together a lot of the different things you've done and are doing right now. So you've mentioned a number of times in this, in this conversation that you've mentioned building culture in different ways, things like making sure that SDRs know that they're a priority, knowing that they're important to the company, uh, having hiring people that build a certain type of culture as well. So now you're at Comparably, and that's pretty central to what you guys do over there. So I'd love to know how those two things are coming together. And it's okay if, if 
this involves a little bit about what comparably, comparably does, that's totally fine. But kind of the opposite of a question I asked earlier, how are you taking everything you had from all the experience you had as an SDR manager and tying that into this, this culture building approach that comparably builds to their clients? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's exciting, you know, because employer brand and recruitment marketing is in, more important now than ever before. And so what that tells me is that this is important to the organizations, you know, whereas before maybe it wasn't, but it's become such a competitive talent market that even at the highest levels, people understand, you know, culture is like super important, not just superficially, but really identifying like who we are as a company and then getting that message out there, you know, amplifying your brand and really extending your reach around it. Right. So, you know, we brand ourselves as the better employee review site. You know, we help with all things, employer branding, recruitment, marketing. You know, we are known as the main competitor glass store, but we do things a whole lot differently. It is a different model, you know, but I think there's really no one more complete in the market today as far as making sure that an organization has a fair and accurate reputation, you know, being able to make sure that an organization appears at the top of Google searches when, you know, job seekers are doing research around what it's like to work at a company. That's become such a hot topic. You know, people really want to understand the mission and what the organization's about. And then, you know, we also help companies get tremendous press, you know, around our awards and really putting a, a you know, a, a light on the great things that organizations are doing. And for me, I'm hoping that that's driving, you know, behavior in other organizations to where this is, you know, really important. And that the voice of the employees, you know, uh, that's an important, you know, message for leadership and to make adjustments accordingly. So that really plays into what we do at Comparably. And to me, it's just a good feeling knowing that this is a higher priority now, you know, with organizations, it's top of mind. Everybody that we talk to, they have some kind of an initiative around employer brand, you know, recruitment marketing. So um, that, that is exciting. Well, what's fun, and as CMO here at Science, I can speak authoritatively on this very topic. And, you know, we are a comparably customer and have nothing but good things to say about your product, your platform, and a lot of the, the data points that you kind of suggested just recently. In fact, as the winner of, of or being recognized for one of your recent awards, including best places for career growth, finishing it like number 14 out of like 60,000 firms, Nothing to sneeze awesome. at. In fact, we saw decent press there from uh, <laughs> the likes of Business Insider and other kind of like really top shelf press sources, if you will. So I can echo that, that that's exactly the kind of value that Comparably delivers. Now, one but of the things on that, you know, and what's unique about it is that it's driven off of the feedback of your own employees. It's not a pay for play. You know, there's no big extensive application process. That's the voice of your employees, you know, reflecting positively on their experience working there and us wanting to help to amplify that out so that you can attract additional candidates like minded. That's so funny you say that because I actually put into, you know, we're a north of a thousand person organization and I put into our general channel on Slack like that this was the company's award. You know, right. we had over 400 participants in the survey, so not a small number. And again, the fact that you guys collected somewhere north of 10 million data points or interviews <laughs> was pretty mind-boggling to me. 
but I, I, I thought like, you know what, that's very authentically true. What you're saying is it's your own culture kind of reflected or mirrored back to your, your own organization. That said, one of the things, and I'll just be super honest, that we entered into kind of like the agreement with Comparably and got all the, the extra bells and whistles or the deeper features, if you will, was because we're hiring so many. We have you know, hundreds of SDRs in our company and we're forever hiring. A lot of the, the hiring tips that you just gave are, are super relevant here. And so for us, like employer branding really became front and center. You know, when, when the need to scale and add so many different talents, if you will, and we're hiring kind of nationwide and even internationally, the ability for us to show up on not only Google searches, but really leverage, hey, what do people say about our organization is so meaningful going forward. I'd love to hear you kind of like opine, if you will, given your background and given your, you know, kind of strategic SDR hiring and sourcing, as well as like your comparably experienced now, if you're thinking about other enterprise sales development leaders who are going to listen to this and think about the way that they're sourcing their next SDRs, what do you tell them? Well, you know, first of all, it'd be great if you had a comparably to help to get that message out, right? So like, you know, in addition to, uh, you know, what the compensation plan is, like something that's really big is in terms of attracting SDRs is career growth and in a place where they can really learn and develop, you know, their knowledge, right? So you want to make sure that your organization is that place. Then the next step is, is getting that message out so that people are aware, right? And so there's a lot of ways on Comparably you could do that. And one of them is creating content that you can, you know, post on social channels, you know, where job seekers are, you know, making sure that it, that's expressed on your you know, career site, you know, on your job post, you know, getting that message out there. And, and then, you know, being able to source through those applications for those fits, those that skill set, the, the intangibles that you're looking for in the role, you know, that that's really how I would approach it. And, you know, I think the best way that you can do that is to drive that message and to tell that story the most authentic way is through the voice of the people that are currently working at the job. You know, that would be my suggestion. So, you know, let your sales development reps, you know, be your, your mouthpiece, so to speak, you know, and tell about your experience. They already are in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously that's happening for you all right now. And, and that's helping to fuel that growth, you know, so kudos to you, you know, for being an organization that gets it. We appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I wonder the other side of that coin, which is you, you spend your day now prospecting for these for the people that need you most and that need these tips the most. So you probably have some really good insights in terms of what are the biz biggest misses that you see around culture and enterprise sales development? And I guess the other side to that coin is, is what are you looking for when you're trying to find people that need help on the, the culture side? You know, what are those things that our listeners can kind of just do a quick internal audit? Hey, is this something we should keep an eye on? You know, and we kind of touched upon this, you know, a little bit earlier. So like, for example, if I'm a sales development rep, like I want to go to an organization that really values that, that position, you know, and, and I, 
it's difficult to do that research, right? Like, so that's why I think it's so important to lead with the voice of your current employees to kind of tell that story, you know, because they'll tell you if, and, and let's just kind of be honest, right? Like some, some places, oh, it's a junior role, it's entry level, they look down upon it. Like run from that organization. You know, but if it's a, a an organization where they see it is like this is this is the launching pad for your career here at the organization. Like we really value the work that you know you do here. We value um, you know the meetings, the pipeline that you're driving. Like we get it. We see the the, the work, and so you know we want to develop that talent. We want to help you to take the next step in your career. You know, we have an actual progression plan. We have things in place, you know, that as an SDR, you understand like this is an organization that I want to work for. These are the things that I'm looking for, you know, career growth, um, you know, an opportunity to really learn and to, you know, feel valued and, and not belittled in the role, you know, where, where other organizations are missing out is, is like, you know, valuing, you know, all, all of the um, contributions of every role, including sales development, you know, something that I typically see within an organization, like it may be a priority, you know, culture and whatnot within a particular department or within human resources. But if it's not a priority, you know, it's a C-level, you know, if, if it's not something that they're willing to invest time and, and money and energy and effort into it, then, then it's really not, it's not going to work. It's going to fall flat. Like it's just going to be a conversation as to an actual plan that's being executed on at the highest levels. You got to have that support from C-level leadership. Well, and you're a living, breathing example that uh, there are multiple paths for an SDR to take as they move up in their career. There's a lot of different things they can do. And I think you've done each of them. So it's uh, for those who are wondering, what can I do next? Yeah, I mean, feel, online. Feel, <laughs> feel fortunate to be in that role, you know, really take the role seriously, like every day have the mindset that, you know, you're there not just to like get a meeting or to, or to hit some metrics around phone calls. Like it's really about you getting better and developing your career every single day. And that's leading you down a path towards your long term goals whether it be an account executive, management, marketing, whatever. There's so many things that the SDR role spins off to. You know, what's really funny too, and that resonates with me, is getting better every day also applies to management. And it's no longer just getting kind of the outcomes. It's no longer just hitting quota or driving pipeline. It's also about kind of the, the competition, the war for talent and doing kind of the jobs of, of getting the voice of your company front and center, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and the way that I ultimately want to measure my success when I was in management is by the success of the people on my team. And are they progressing? You know, are they moving into, you know, the account executive roles, you know, and are they having success in those roles? It's one thing to get the title. It's another thing to actually be good at the role. And so, you know, prepping and practicing, you know, account executive, like starting to train and coach around those, that skill set to help them to develop into an AE, like you want to start that before you actually take the job. You know, that way you ensure that you're successful when you actually do get the job. Getting the job is, is this big, you know, very small, actually doing the job, you know, that that's, <laughs> that's where you need to focus. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for all of that, Ron. I think you just shared so many great pieces of input and especially your perspective 
you know, we have so many listeners who are figuring out where to go with their path and what do we do next? How do I get more involved in my company? And I think they'll really appreciate this conversation. So just want to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the new path that you've restarted. I think it's a it's a lesson for all of our listeners that Ron's going in and proving he can do it and reworking from the ground up, which I'm sure will happen very fast to get to where he wants, uh, rolling his sleeves up. So for those who haven't uh, connected with Ron already, look him up at Comparably, look him up on LinkedIn. And thank you again so much, Ron, for joining us. Thank you, appreciate the time.